0: welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite youtube podcast duo or at least one of them it kind of depends and probably some rando too but no complaining because this is free free this is beauty and the beta bonus audio content Hello and welcome to the show. This week I was a guest on Call Me Ignorant. Call Me Ignorant is a live conversation show created by Stephen Ignoramus where people get to talk and let the internet do the talking. Whether it's with an interesting content creator... An expert in a field or a chance for fans to call in, Call Me Ignorant will try to solve the problems of the world, conversationally speaking. You may remember Steven as the guy who wrote that awesome song about the call-in show a few months ago. I played it on a Sunday stream. We talked about my YouTube origin, we talked about guns and self-defense, we talked about my attitude toward handling online interaction, and much more, so if you like what you hear, and I hope that you will, check out Stephen's show, Call Me Ignorant, using the links in the description. Thanks for listening, and enjoy.
1: Hello, hello. How's it going, everybody? Stephen Ignoramus here. Welcome to Call Me Ignorant. It is 9.17 p.m. April 29th, 2019. We're about 15 minutes late because of some technical mishaps. So please, you guys could be with us today. Call Me Ignorant is a show where visitors and I will talk and also let the internet do some of the talking. It's a show where we'll get to learn something new, ask each other the tough questions, and spend a little quality time solving the problems of the world together. We're streaming right now on a bunch of different platforms, YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, Mixer, DLive, Picarto, by looking for Steven Ignoramus. If you can't, can't catch the show live, you can find it after the fact on the above-mentioned platforms, also on BitChute. You can follow me on Twitter at ignoramussteve and email me at stevenignoramus at gmail.com with topic ideas, guests, and things that I can look up. My guest tonight is Matt Christensen. He is a podcaster, a YouTuber, and a creator of the online show Beauty and the Beta. It airs live on YouTube and DLive every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, featuring Matt and his co-host Blonde talking politics, pop culture, and the issues of the day. You can find him and all that he does at his website, mattchristensenmedia.com.
0: Matt, really pumped to have you here, man. How's it going? Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry about the uh, the technical difficulties. I will fully admit that's on me, but uh, I will blame Discord, which uh, anybody who listens to our call-in show on Wednesday nights uh, will know that there's always a Discord issue or two. So that's my that's my excuse thanks for having
1: me it's all good it's always a little wonky so I've been uh listening to listening to your show for a couple years now and I'm a pretty big fan and uh I know some of my listeners are fans of it too and I know that you uh started doing your YouTube channel uh with gaming and stuff like that so I'm wondering Mm -hmm. uh when did you get into doing more cultural and political commentary was there like a day you woke up started thinking about it or was it more of a gradual process
0: I mean the whole thing my whole channel is basically an accident to be honest oh yeah but it's very fortunate an accident, yeah,, uh, but you're right. it was it was back uh, the the reason I started my channel is because I used to play Call of Duty with all my friends and um and if you ever played video games back in the heyday, like Halo Two era, Call of Duty four, Modern Warfare Two era, everybody, can I swear on your show by sure. the way? I yeah, definitely. Way. Everybody just talked shit, you know, if you ever played video games in those days, everybody just talked shit all the time, and some of the encounters were really funny. And I thought, my God, I got to start recording some of these because they're hilarious. And so I started recording those and posting them as pure hobby. Over time, Microsoft kind of cracked down on live chat and recording <laughs> capabilities. And when the new Xbox came out, it was much more difficult. And they just incentivized like private party chatting. And they just made it much more difficult to create that type of content. And... You know, at that time of my life, I'm getting to be like 26, 27, 28 years old. It's it's probably a little bit old to be talking shit to 13-year-olds on the internet, you know? So, But I still enjoyed YouTube, and I had a very modest channel. I didn't want to quit outright, and I've always been a, a very politically interested person, although my perspective... I, I, I never know how much my perspective is, has changed and how much the left's perspective today has changed, but some combination of both. Anyway... I just started talking about news and social issues over video game footage for fun. And that, you know, it's not like any, it's not like any of that blew up, but it had a, a very small audience. And then eventually I just started appearing on camera because it seemed more sensible than like talking over unrelated Call of Duty or Battlefield footage or something. So you would actually and, talk about it over, like, while the game was being played, you would
1: talk about politics and culture? Yeah, yeah. If you oh, ever, like, I didn't know that. that. The,
0: the, like, Call of Duty commentary and stuff. This was all the the rage back in, like, 2014. It died out, I would say, like, 2015, 2016. Yeah, I mean, cause... back in the day, yeah, people just talking over video game footage was a big thing on YouTube. Oh, I didn't know. When did you start your channel? I started, like, January, February 2012. Okay. Yeah. Was and this... i didn't start talking politics and and stuff until not not even seriously and regularly until like late 2015 spring 2016. and then because my into the into this late spring and summer when we actually started the podcast we're coming up on three years yeah. now we're like at three years Sure. um i was at a point with my my real life my quote unquote real job where the writing was kind of on the wall and a lot of this like a lot of the social justice progressive nonsense was leaking into the workplace i just knew i wasn't going to be able to work there anymore for a bunch of reasons um not necessarily because i was mistreated or anything just because i disagreed with the political landscape Hmm. and you had to you had to be in line in that particular line of work um so I, i i knew i wasn't gonna be able to do that i had something very small on YouTube, but I had saved up money. You know, I've been doing this job since I graduated college in 2010. So five years and change. And I'd saved up a little bit of money. And I thought, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is like a, a thing that will be a viable career path, but I can't do this job anymore. So I wonder what would happen if I just put all my energy into this and see where it goes. And that's how we got to where we are today. So that's why I say it's a total accident. Cause I never, Like sat down and thought, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. This is gonna be my career path. It was just it just kind of developed that way.
1: Gotcha, that's cool. So you and you do everything yourself. You don't have uh, any type of producer or any
0: type of help. You do all the tech. Yeah, that's cool. No, there's there's nobody helping me at all. It's getting to the point where maybe we we could. It'd be nice to have some administrative assistance. Hire somebody to do, you know, things like. Answering emails, scheduling. Yeah. It'd be nice to have a producer on our show. Um, we're not quite there yet. I think the other difficulty with that is I know it's it's really weird because I hate being micromanaged. That was one of the difficulties with my past job. Uh, but I, I hate ha- having someone hover over your shoulder and tell you how to do every little specific right. thing. Yeah. But I know if I had someone working for me, it, everything would have to be done my specific way i know i would micromanage which is odd And i don't want to do that I, I, I guess what i'm saying is i take a certain pride in having everything that goes up on my channel be done by me specifically whether it's the writing or the on-camera stuff or the edit or the, yeah. or any of the stuff it's done by me if you see it you know if my name's on it it was done by me so the music think, intro is all the art that's well, someone else did. Well, that. well, yeah. yeah, yeah. To be fair, like that's you know, a lot of that stuff is like mashup creation, or you know, I'm not artistically inclined. But I guess what I'm saying, as a whole, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and as far as the intros and stuff, yeah, it's like it's it's using clips and music and stuff, but it's it's mashing them up into original, cool, an, an original thing. So that's done by me. But it's not as though I, you know, it's not as though I wrote the music or something. Wait, well, uh, you brought yeah. up something earlier that
1: uh, you know. One of the reasons I, uh, I'm into your stuff is I'm, I'm really in- in- interested. Like, I guess uh, I'm a big fan in- of the way that you handle uh, "quote unquote" internet hate and, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. unwanted criticism and stuff like that. And <laughs> one of the first uh, one of the first things I saw from you was the uh, the Jenk Yuger Ben Shapiro debate from a couple years uh-huh. ago, like the, yeah. the "just Google it" thing. And I, so. You know, I, I read a bunch of the comments on that video and I've been following you uh, le- since then. So does the, you know, the dealing with unwanted criticism and shit talk on the Internet, does it come naturally? Is it more from gaming, the thick skin stuff? Like, how do you get that? Is that just your personality or what?
0: Um, maybe it has roots in that. T- to tell the truth, I I admittedly get a little combative when people come at me it's not criticism per se like you can come at me with like i disagree with your idea that Mm. doesn't bother me No. uh what bothers me is when people try to give me direction on how to do things that will set me off how to run your show yeah Yeah, how to to (laughs) run my show how to do this how to do that i you know um so that 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 sets me off i don't i don't actually delve into comments and that's not because i don't appreciate uh all the things people post on my videos, whether they're nice things, whether they're hateful things, I'm never going to censor the comments. Of Mm. course, I want people to be able to discuss at length there. But to the point you're making, if I actively read every single comment that was posted about me or about my material on the internet, that would be an exercise in insanity. You will lose your mind. And there's a reason I just avoid that sort of thing. Emails is one thing. Like if someone takes the time... To actually get my email write the message hit the send button know it's going to my eyes specifically generally I'm more responsive there but as far as YouTube comments man no I mean blonde has access to my channel to to handle the super chat and stuff through the show right which, like you have you have 10,000 comments in <laughs> in, uh, in that are held for review or suspected spam or whatever Damn. yeah never- I'm never going to read this insane. You think I'm going to go through and like mark them? Not as spam. I don't care. I yeah. do not care.
1: So you just let that and part that- happen. And then, you know, if someone sends you an email, it's kind of, you know, they took the time and, you know, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't want, and I don't want to be dismissive. Of course I, I, I try to be as connected to our audience as possible. I think that's really important, but I have to recognize the difference between say being open to talking to someone on the call in stream versus like, Some random anonymous guy on the on the comment section says I look like an idiot and wants to fight me or something (laughs) like that. You know, who cares? I saw one uh, post. I
1: think it was on Twitter. Someone emailed you to tell you to stop swearing. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember her name, but yeah, turn the fuck off. Yeah, uh, forget. Just go fuck yourself. I
0: think. Yeah, Yeah, go fuck yourself, Cindy. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. Don't you think your arguments would be so much better (laughs) if you didn't swear? I mean, I, I, I I basically only swear in my videos for comedic effect, or if I'm quoting someone. I I don't really swear that much in them, and and there's definitely swearing on the stream, but I actually don't think comparatively we swear th- that much like i listen to a lot of shows that have significantly more you know and mm. and that, i'm not saying that to shame those shows I, I i can't imagine the mindset of a person who who has to try to word police people it's like if i get it if you don't like swearing turn to yeah tune watch on a show, something else okay? there's
1: so many channels out there yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, you brought this up earlier. I was going to ask this later in the in the interview, but um, one of the coolest things about your guys' show is uh, your interaction with the fans. And you mentioned that you do a Wednesday call-in show, and um, so you guys read chats, you uh, display fan-made art and stuff like that. Um, did you now the the, the show started around three years ago? But did the mm-hmm. fan interaction happen organically too, or did you start doing that since day one?
0: Uh, well. I don't really know how like the art trend really started. I don't know how these things happen because it's not like I ever put a, I never put out a call for hmm. these things. I never said, "Hey, send us this stuff." Same thing like with the PO box. Like I got this terrorist guy. I don't know if you saw the stream last. night, I got <laughs> a terrorist guy coming after me. The oh. box. Whenever there's like funny or or noteworthy or meaningful listener contribution, we try to we like to highlight that because I, I want it to be a a community type experience as opposed to just, you know, us talking to you and telling you it gets difficult. Cause now I'm kind of paying the price for that. Back when the show was a much smaller thing, it's very easy to, to hand it like whatever. Some I used to joke. It's like, there's no bar to get on this show. Oh, sorry. My computer just almost went into sleep mode. You still got me? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The bar is like, nobody's watching. So the bar is very low. I don't care. Now, I actually have to filter a little bit. Yeah. So I feel bad because I'm like, well, I'm going to have to filter out the, the no effort Photoshop. Okay. Yeah.
1: So the sheer volume <laughs> is just a ton. Yeah. At this point. We, yeah. Like,
0: otherwise we, you know, it's the same thing with the meetups that have been so yeah. cool too. It's like they've been, they've been way more successful. I know I saw you were at the one in DC. Yeah. So that's really it was cool. awesome. Yeah. And that uh, that's awesome to see. We never, I never expected to see this many people t- turning out to these sorts of things that said i got you know i got multiple cities sending me multiple pictures and it's like oh, well, what are we gonna do i can't do 20 pictures a show or something like that so we have to figure out ways to filter that too but these are of course good problems to have is not me complaining this is blonde and i are consistently impressed and um very humbled by how many people make sunday night an appointment to to you know hear what we have to say and to shit post in the chat frankly so, I'm glad that it kind of has organically become a community thing. Cool. When did you guys start doing the the Colin show? The Colin show happened because um so w- what happened was we did the Sunday stream starting in May of 2016 and then I used to do a video game stream on like Twitch on Wednesday nights and I would just be like playing whatever game and talking to people in the chat. But that was I For for one thing like I'm not a particularly Talented video game player And I don't think I'm that great just streaming Solo either Mm -hmm. and that's what I was doing Just streaming by myself talking to people playing a game And so they just They didn't generate much Momentum you know and I I just didn't have a lot Of passion for them either I realized I'm like "I I don't feel like doing These anymore and I used to do A video game podcast before this Whole show came about and we would occasionally use discord to take calls that way. So I thought, well, what if I just, what if I just started doing like a call show on Wednesday nights instead? Originally I was planned just to be me. It was not actually going to be a blonde thing. Cause I didn't, I didn't expect her to put in more work than she had already signed up for. Mm. And I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just do it myself. And then I did it once and it, it went decently well. And then blonde was like, well, why wasn't I in on that? I was like, well, I didn't, I think you wanted to do more work, but yeah, if you want to do Wednesday night too, let's do Wednesday night. And so it just, um, it came, that's how that came to be. And we've done it. That was, that was starting like September of 2016. Um, I remember, and I, I remember on election night or the call-in show after the election night when Trump got elected the Wednesday after mm. I remember I stayed on there till like every single caller got through that one was like three, three hours plus. Sweet. I that. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how the show was born. And, um, admittedly I kind of have a love hate with the college show like I like doing it and it, <laughs> but it's just you never know what you're gonna get yeah dude. and I'm sure you know as a listener and a participator like sometimes people are hilarious sometimes they really make me think sometimes they're it's like I'm gonna get in trouble if somebody hears this. sometimes it's like how do I get this guy to shut up <laughs> yeah know? so and that's not a shot at I mean'm I'm, I'm thankful to everybody who's participating in it but it's just it's such a wild card. That you never know what you're gonna get.
1: Yeah, you got that one guy now that calls in that does goes like in character. His name's like Dell. Yeah, Dell. Like Del yeah, Red hysterical. So yeah. I, I didn't know it'd been around for for so long. Um, and so I guess one of the things I wanted to get back to for a second is one. This is one of the things I ask a lot of my guests is is how did you and your close friends and family uh, discuss politics, important issues, and stuff like that when you were younger, like if at all, I didn't really talk about that stuff at all with my family. So how did you do that with your family? I would have hated
0: my 18 year old
1: self. Yeah, for sure. Retrospectively. Yeah. I, I mean, I
0: was, um, I was a, a, hardcore progressive when I, when I was, and I was very politically interested, you know, I got like anti-war patches on my hoodie and stuff like that. That was the, that was the thing at the time, because I kind of, um, like I was in high school, I graduated 'o six and so i was kind of coming to age at the height of the iraq war right me too yeah and freaking everybody hated bush and i hated bush yeah you know and um so that that's how i came to be a progressive and yeah i was very outspoken very loud about my political beliefs and some of them i would still agree with in full like i'm sure the kind of um cultural rebel angle that i thought i was going with i would still probably mostly agree with Hmm. that is to say like being quote unquote anti-establishment or whatever you know i'm sure i thought i was way cooler than i actually was but um but i used the the main thing that's changed for me in terms of my politics is um is just the way i view the role of government in in like tax and spend providing opportunity type the type realm I have basically no faith in the federal government in particular to do that anymore. Right. Whereas I used to think, oh, yeah, sure. The government could definitely uh, provide jobs where they're needed. It could definitely provide quality health care where it's lacking. It could definitely make education more accessible. All that stuff I bought into and I don't anymore. But I actually... um, I've, I've always been a, so I've always been an extremely political person, but oddly enough, most of my friends and family really aren't. Mm. And I, I would hope if I could go, this is how I like to remember myself. So I'm trying to be as fair as I can with how I, how I like to remember myself versus how I actually was. But I think the difference is I don't remember myself ever actually hating conservatives and thinking that they're evil. Like when I was in college, man, I I remember I went to the college Republicans meeting because they had free pizza and I was just like, all right, (laughs) I'll hang out with you guys. I I didn't agree with anything they were saying, but those I could go to lunch with those guys. I could eat pizza with those guys. We could talk about politics and I didn't think that they were evil people, even though I hated George W. Bush. I hated the Republican Party. And I mean that intellectually, like I, I hated their ideas. But as far as the people I, I never, I don't think I was ever a progressive like today where it's like, no, no, no. On account of your beliefs, you are a morally inferior person who is to be purged from society. Right. that was And I've never been on the censorship train. That's one thing I've, that's what lost me with progressives. And that's what I've really, speech, that's what I yeah. really started talking about when I sh- shifted to the political content. is like, listen, man, we're not going to go down this, this, this road of trying to censor people we disagree with. And and if it's not censorship, trying to shame people for having different opinions, mm. I, I just I've never bought into that. So right. I hope even though I would have thought of even though I'm if I could go back and look at my 18 year old self, I'd I'd tell him to clean up and stop being a dumb hippie. But I don't think that that 18 year old kid was trying to censor people like today. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I would love to see hippie Matt. That'd be
1: that'd be a treasure.
0: <laughs> it's weird because I bought into all that hippie crap, but I was actually pretty much on the straight and narrow as far as my own behavior you know i wasn't like i wasn't i didn't smoke weed i didn't drink i didn't i didn't do any of that stuff i wasn't into like well if i was into the free love stuff i wasn't i wasn't achieving that (laughs) goal anyway so so it's like uh i was a hippie in perspective but not in practice if that makes sense Hmm. yeah well you see i mean we certainly have
1: people on both sides uh with a lot of hate for the individuals in the yeah, in the, on, you know, on whatever side of the divide you can say. But wh- what do you think the main driver of that is? Do you think it's mostly social media or do you think it's uh, I don't know? Uh, yeah. W- what's your take on that? What the big driver of the hate is?
0: Uh, I wish I could tell you. I-, I guess this is one thing that we talk about. We've been talking about on the Colin stream in particular. And maybe I've gone too far in the opposite direction, but what. I try to avoid is assigning a moral value to perspectives and opinions i i guess the problem is when you see someone this person believes x therefore they are morally inferior and if the, and if you can moralize that you can justify all sorts of unjust treatment towards them trying to censor them trying to browbeat them into doing x y or z trying to mistreat them in in any number of ways and so you know, again, maybe I've gone too far in this direction. I think about it all the time. Like, is there a such thing as a moral opinion or thought or belief or not? And should we be punishing? If there is, should we be punishing people for their opinions or their thought or and all that? And I've never, never really been on that bandwagon, I guess, you know, to people who push back on me and say that there are immoral thoughts and immoral beliefs, I can see where they're coming from. But I, I think we just have to be careful of the vice that exists on the end of that perspective, which is. This sort of um, this moralizing behavior where we where we can't even be friends with people who have different opinions from us because we view them as degenerates, basically, by virtue of their thoughts.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, So where do you see the where do you see the future going? Do you I mean, a lot of people throw around the term culture war and, you know, Hmm. that we're in a culture war, a cultural divide. And do you see it uh, getting any better or? You know a lot of people also say that um there's never been cultural cohesion here that's one of the things that makes it america it's not just like one society one culture um but you know how do you see that playing out in the next five to ten years you know do people gonna get along on or on either side do you think it's gonna get worse
0: i don't know about i mean with the the latter perspective they mentioned i don't know about that i don't know how you can maintain a society that doesn't agree on fundamental values and that's why i always characterize this as bill of rights or not yeah that's 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 the idea here do you believe that the the ideas in the bill of rights generally speaking not just legally but culturally are good ideas and i think there's a large segment of of the radical left that would say these are fundamentally bad ideas uh i i don't hope for conflict i don't want conflict i certainly will not take part in instigating conflict Mm. but i don't know how you maintain without agreeing on like the baseline level values for your country and that's kind of the libertarians dilemma that i see as someone who i guess identifies in that camp although the thing it's like uh it's like uh groundskeeper willie on the simpsons with you know there's nobody the libertarians hate more than other libertarians So i don't I don't get uh, involved in the infighting, but I guess what I'm saying is like to the extent you're a person who values liberty and I hope that I am one your your value your your liberty value will only survive to the extent that you surround yourself with people who also value it. If you surround yourself with people who are authoritarians or crave authoritarianism, well all of a sudden it's going to be a battle of force. To decide who's going to win out because it can no longer be laissez-faire oh you do you man you 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 live your life and i'll live mine well what happens when you surround yourself with people who you know whether they're hyper progressives and they want to tell you what pronouns to use or whether they're islamists and they demand that you bow to mecca or whatever else if you surround yourself with people who want to control your life the values of liberty cannot survive Hmm. And that's kind of the dilemma is like, well, yeah, I want everybody to live the life that they see fit for themselves. Problem is a lot of people see a life fit for themselves that is controlling other people mm. and I have to, I have to figure out how to hopefully persuade them against that. But worst case scenario, I mean, you hear us joking about prepping and stuff on the show. Worst case scenario, I also have to be able to defend myself. And my family and my country, frankly, if these, if these forces decide to encroach unjustifiably. So I guess my perspective is, is the classic um, hope for the best prepare for the worst. I'm never going to, to instigate or be an aggressor against other people, but I don't know, man, I see a lot of people who I worry about being an aggressor toward me and my community. So I certainly don't want to be helpless if the worst case scenario develops.
1: Yeah. Well, we we talked about uh, kind of free speech and censorship for a second, but um, what are you? So I, one of the things I take from your show and listen to you give other other interviews and stuff is um, you're a big proponent of the Second Amendment and gun rights. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were uh, a progressive back in the day, were you always um, did you always have this value strongly, or did that evolve over time?
0: Uh, I was never really an anti-gunner per yeah. se. Like I've never been a confiscationist, and I've never been um i've never i've not been where the modern democratic party appears to be going but i used to buy into the slogans like you know my common sense gun control and Mm -hmm. and increase background checks and all this stuff but the reality is and I, i i know this is oversimplified perhaps but i do believe it's true i think on the issue of guns uh more than any other issue it really breaks down between people who understand both firearms and the law that governs them and people who don't and i say this as someone who formerly formerly did not when i was more in favor of increased gun control frankly i did not know specifically what i was talking about and i say that to mean i didn't know specifically uh how a lot of these firearms that people want to regulate even work what the components of them are. And I also didn't understand the federal law and a lot of the state law that exists that is, you know, a lot of the times the failures, um, like for example, the shooting in California, uh, this weekend at the synagogue, I mean, they make these things double, triple illegal and they still happen. And so it's a quite like, is additional law actually going to solve that? If California is not enforcing its own state law, I don't know if there were federal laws breached in this case or not, but perhaps there were, if you don't know what the existing legal framework is, you're just arguing for stacking duplicate law on top of existing law, and that's just silliness. That's that's just to make your, yourself feel good. That's not actually going to have any effect.
1: Hmm. So,
0: so as I learned more, yeah, I've gone, <laughs> I've I've shifted yeah. on that a lot to the point right. that listen, I in my dream world, every home would defend itself with an automatic rifle. That would a, a short-barreled automatic rifle, preferably. We got a we got a lot a lot of law to repeal to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. so uh, one of the
1: things that I've brought up with some guests and just on my own show is that uh, you know people talk about big and big and small govern government, and I you know I I believe that. Government starts at the individual level. I mean, discipline mm. and, gu- and like controlling yourself in all kinds of ways. You can't just yeah. say whatever to whoever, even though it's free speech. It's, it's just that you shouldn't. You know, you shouldn't tell your grandma to fuck off and you know, like you know, just like things <laughs> like that. So yeah. that's where the, kind of some of the ways I've evolved on on gun rights as well is that you know you're your own government at the end of the day. You have to the buck stops with you, and yep. you know you hear these stories about the cops taking thirty minutes to show up, and it, it doesn't. It takes Thirty seconds for an altercation to happen, and yeah, you know, at at the end of the day, if if you're not allowed to have your own means of protecting, like what's going to happen, you know?
0: Yeah, that uh, that's. I'm not an ANCAP. I'm not. I'm not one of. I'm not fully on board with those. ideas. I do see legitimate purposes for government. And I, of course, I respect our police officers and our emergency responders. And if there's an emergency at my home, I'm dialing 911 and I hope they come to help me. But that's the point that you're making. At the end of the day, I am my own first and last line of defense. If the police can't get here, if they won't get here, uh, whatever. If the guy's just, bar- if, if some dude just barges into my house right now, physically impossible for the police to respond in time before he puts myself or my family at risk. And, um, and yeah, if I can rely on the police, I will rely on the police. But the point is, even the best police in the entire country can't protect me on a moment's notice. And, you know, again, to refer to what happened um, in San Diego over the weekend, the, the best cops in the world couldn't have been there fast enough to stop that, even though the guys saw people saw this guy's post on the Internet. I'm going to go to a synagogue and shoot it up now and and what did it take yeah the guy who who eventually chased him off was an off duty officer but he, at that point he's operating as a civilian mm. and and he's he's saving 50 of his fellow um worshipers at the synagogue so good for him and that's that doesn't mean that that um that I think i i don't know i guess it's just, this stuff gets characterized like like i don't believe like you don't believe in the police or something like that or like you're you're a total anarchist it's like no it, i i just For me, it's, I refuse to be at the mercy of someone like that synagogue shooter or someone like the guy who shot up the theater in Colorado. It's, and people say, Oh, are you really going to stop the shooter? Maybe. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not a great handgun shot. I work on it, I'm not fantastic. If the heat of the moment arrived, I'm sure I'd be freaking out with adrenaline rushing, and I don't know that I'd be cool enough to make a shot. But the point is, I like, when I watched that mosque shooting footage out of Christchurch, did you watch the footage? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know about you, but to me it was a lot less graphically violent than I expected. Like I expected just nastiness and it was a lot cleaner than I thought. But the point is, It was the so it wasn't the gore. It was the helplessness, man. Yeah, it was just everybody there was at the mercy of this guy. And sure, if I'm in a situation like that, I might die. He might kill me for sure. <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing that I save anybody, including myself. Point is, I want the chance.
1: Yeah, I mean, I want a chance. It's you know you mentioned just believing in police, uh, but it, it seems to me that it's a kind of a belief in like physics and time at, at that point. Because mm-hmm. like the 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 officers, like true or false, the officers are there. They're they're not there currently, yeah. and it takes X amount of even their next if they're next door, those tires don't move as fast as a bullet. And it's just it it's like, do you believe in like? actual science of you know that this is possible they're not there bam like we should be able to defend ourselves right it's it's like
0: the the guy in the mosque when you watch the footage the the one dude who tried to charge him from the side and he kind of knocks him over he just, he bull rushes this guy bravely. I'd like to think that I'd be that brave in such a situation. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know yeah, I mean,
1: you don't. Yeah, I ask but, myself that all the time. Like, you know, if or to, you just don't know until something happens.
0: But he did. Yeah. And he got about 95% of the way to stopping this guy. But he didn't. And he got shot. He got shot dead on the footage. I watched him get shot. And. Imagine if he has that same. So the guy, you know, shooter's walking through the hallway. This guy's kind of in the room here on his side. He tries to bull rush him and take him out. Hits him. Gets shot. Imagine if he's standing right here, handgun pointed. Uh, very possibly ends right there. But you know, we'll never know. And, and now, unfortunately, that guy's life is lost, and a lot of people's life is lost at that uh, at that mosque in Christchurch.
1: Wow. Well, we're running out of time here. Uh, let me, I wanted to ask you one more thing uh, before we wrap up. Um, well, first of all, what's your take on, um, I didn't plan this, but what's your take on uh, them prosecuting people who post that video in New Zealand? Oh, that's garbage. It's garbage. That's, yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. That's
0: ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I, I do, I fully respect anybody who's like, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to watch it. Uh, um, yeah. And I debated myself whether I wanted to watch it, but and, and let's put it this way i think a courteous person would not just post it to Facebook and say right check it out no way yeah right but as far as the state prosecuting you for that no i think that's that's flat out insanity that uh i i, I think it, it's sort of like the state policing respect at that point like would it be polite of me to come on the show and say well thank you Steven, for hosting man a very nice time yes that would be the polite thing to do hmm. but if i say fuck you i hate it uh, it's, you know that's very rude. I don't think the state should punish yeah. me. Um, it's it's like it's like sending an unsolicited dick pic or something like that. <laughs> Awfully rude. Yeah, but but, and, and again, you know, I guess well, I should think about this because in know. the context of minors, you got a problem with the yeah. dick pic. What about the context of minors with the um, with the shooting? I don't know. Point is, let, let's assume we're talking in the realm of adults here. That is just communicat- communication material like anything else and uh and it's up to you whether you want to watch it or not and it's up to you whether you want to surround yourself with people who freely share it without having the courtesy to inform you about what's going on but yeah that's that's crap. Putting putting people in jail, not, and it's not just the footage. By the way, it was the manifesto. Just the too. manifesto,
1: yeah. The I got, text, yeah. A guy just got 14, 14 years, I think, for posting he got the video. Sentenced, yeah. Really, I think so. I that, I think I saw an article about that. I think I read about it on my stream. Oh my God, but yeah,
0: for posting te- for posting words.
1: Yeah, so it the might have been words. It might have been the video. I'm just, I just don't. I know a guy got sentenced to fourteen years for for posting something regarding it though in New Zealand. Yeah yeah my god so anyway we are running a little over time here so we're gonna wrap things up i just had one more question um so Hmm. you're definitely a role model model of mine and one of the reasons i'm doing my stream now is from listening to you and um a lot of the clues you know like one of the things i like about you is that you post what gear you use and what uh what software you use on your youtube channel Hmm. so what uh what advice would you give to any aspiring creators (laughs) or people in media that are getting their shit going
0: well thanks for the kind words and i i I really appreciate hearing that because that's i feel exactly the same way about people who inspired inspire me and still do you know people i admire and and listen to and stuff so when that goes the other direction i really appreciate it um as far as advice like number one thing i would say is do not expect i think people still think that you can that you can make a job out of this and and Yes, you can, but that's not a good reason to get into it. Mm. Just It's just like any other hobby. You have to treat it as that. You have to have a passion for it. And the thing about this, just like a lot of other jobs, is it's incredibly repetitive. If you want to make a podcast that succeeds or a stream or a YouTube channel, the uh, you, you can't do it on like, I'm going to get the viral video every week or something. That's not the way it works. You have to stay extremely consistent. You got to give your audience what they want when they want it. And that means you're gonna to have to do it each and every day, week, whatever your schedule is, without fail. So that's the first thing is you've got to establish that you enjoy doing it for its own sake. Like in my case, if I had to get another job uh to pay the bills, I wouldn't quit my YouTube channel. I don't know that I'd be able to produce at the same rate, but I love doing this, so I wouldn't quit. That's the feeling that you have to have because you will burn out if you don't genuinely enjoy it for its own sake. Um and then the other thing I would say on the technical end is like. When I started doing the, the stream, even when, when I started doing this entire channel, I didn't have any knowledge of like, how oh, this stuff works in terms of making videos, like editing them, producing them, all that stuff. I've kind of learned it on the fly. If I could start over, part of the difficulty for me is like, you know, I switched from video games to this, so I had to just learn it on the fly. But I was if I was starting from scratch, make practice stuff, you know? Like if you're starting a channel tomorrow that's fresh... Just make a bunch of practice stuff, and that helps answer the first question that I said, which is, did you enjoy making it? Because I know everybody, you see the the glamorous end where the the mm-hmm. video's up on YouTube and everyone's fighting in the comments or whatever, and that looks really cool. But did you enjoy the multiple multiple hours that went into it? That's the first question. And then the second thing is, uh, is what you're producing up to par? Like th- I think the only standard that I have for people. Sometimes I get people emailing me asking, can you give me, can you give me some feedback on this or is it good or whatever? I don't know. I mean, I can tell you my subjective judgment, but the point is you're not making material for me, you know? So my only standard is you should be making material that you yourself would watch. Like if someone sends me a video of them rollerblading, I, I don't <laughs> like rollerblading, but if you do and you're making it for people that do, that's all that matters. And as far as, as far as the practice stuff, you'll clean up a lot of the technical issues if you make, if you, if you make that practice stuff first. So, you know, if I was starting the podcast over, what I should have done is made a handful of straight up practice episodes, watched them back myself, Mm. had family or friends watch them back with me to evaluate things like, like technical things, like were the, were the audio levels balanced, right? Right. Does Does all this stuff look good or not? Gotcha. And then some of it is just stylistic stuff. And it's things like, t- like vocal tics and stuff, yeah. the way people speak, the way you present. Right. I have them. Everybody has them. But some people have them really bad, you know? And it can be distracting. Mm. So it, the, it, you'll never get used to it, you know, to this day. Like sitting down, being on the camera for two hours on Sunday night or like when I do my solo videos and they're scripted and I talk into a camera that's behind that for like an hour by myself. It always feels weird, man. It still yeah. feels weird to this day. You're just in a room by yourself. Like you're recording some ISIS video or something like that. <laughs> so it, it's always going to feel weird. But that's the point is like it's, you know, it's 10%, 20% less weird today than it was in 2016. And and if you don't come off as like, whether you're trying to be funny, whether you're trying to be serious, whether you're trying, whatever you're trying to be, if you don't come off as genuine, it's very difficult to succeed. So a lot of that's just practice stuff. Just getting familiar with a weird mic in your face and and cameras on you and lights too mm. that's the other thing lights get hot yeah gotta get used to that wow
1: yeah uh, well dude thanks a lot for your time man i really appreciate it and it was good talking to you it was awesome
0: i appreciate it man thanks for tuning into our show and, and the support you've shown for our show and and uh, i hope the stream works out for you i assume you've started it's like number seven right
1: uh, yeah this is uh, interview number seven I'm actually I've been doing my ah. we, my weekday stream uh, which is news and history and I'm almost at episode number hundred so oh, uh, wow. yeah just all this year I do it every weekday so well, I, I haven't you seen know. your
0: channel yet so I'll have to check it out
1: yeah thanks a lot so uh, yeah that was uh, Matt Christensen uh, you can find him at matt or follow him on Twitter at ml Christensen um, you can watch his podcast beauty in the beta wherever podcasts are found you guys are on all of the big ones right Sp- spotify D-Live, stitcher yeah. i mean if you want to
0: if you want to watch live it's on my youtube channel uh we're also on d live now as you mentioned yeah yeah it's cool platform yeah i, cool I, platform. Yeah, I Send love it some lemons yeah some D-Live.
1: lemons yeah i like it dude. whatever that is yeah yeah cool yeah. all right well thanks a lot for coming out to call me ignorant everybody catch my stream like i said daily ignoramus every weekday follow me on twitter ignoramus steve send me an email at Stephen ignoramus have a nice night go inform yourselves